Well, good morning, Fellowship Greenville. It is so great to worship with all of you today. Gathering together, maybe Matt alluded to it already, gathering together and lifting up our voices to worship through song is absolutely one of my favorite parts of the week. I thought there might be less of us because of the rain, but there is not. And so, hi everybody, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. Uh, Speaking of singing and uh, singing loudly, my good friend, your good friend, Jim Thompson, one of our uh, pastor series, equipping pastor, teaching pastor, uh, he has written a book on singing, the theology of singing, singing really loudly, and out in the commons today, both last week and this week, you can stop out and get a copy if you want. I was just out there. They're almost out. They're almost all gone. And so if you want to stop by after the service and pick one up, you can. They're not free, so don't just take one and walk away. But there are some people out there that would love to uh, talk with you about the book, so stop by afterwards, if you would, singing loudly. I mentioned this in first service. I wish that uh, my third grade teacher would have had a copy of this book, and I'll tell you why because it was when I was in third grade, class play. You know, the grandparents come and the parents come, all the people come for the class play. And uh, we were going to to sing uh, our our class song. And that's when the teacher said, hey, Jason, we were practicing that week. She said, Jason, I'm gonna need you to sing a little less loudly than you're currently singing. As a third grader, can you imagine that? It was actually like an episode of Andy Griffith, Barney Fife, if you know the one I'm talking about. By the time it was all said and done, she said, I'm not making it up. Jason just mouthed the words. Just mouth the words, you're that bad at this, which I don't know, it hurt my feelings a little bit. It's amazing that this is even what I do uh, for a living is that I'm in front of people with any sort of (laughs) self-confidence. I had a lot of teeth problems, I had a lot of teeth. One year, next year class play, Whitney knows what I'm talking about. I think we did Alice in Wonderland. They asked me to be the rabbit because of my big teeth. (laughs) True story, I'm not making this up. I started very young in all the orthodontic things, like whatever advances there have been in orthodontics, it was because they tried it out on the orthodontic world, tried it out on me in Spartanburg in second grade. Like that's where it began. I was literally wearing this, it's not my message today. I was literally wearing this thing called like a lip bumper. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and it looked like I was dipping snuff (laughs) as a third grader, which honestly isn't weird in Welford, but... uh, (laughs) I'm from there, I can say it, I'm from there. We love you, I'm there, that's my people. That's a good joke though. I tried it out in first service, went over really well, I told Matt, I was like, I'm doing that, because it's not in my notes, I just, off the top of my head. Uh, If you are a guest with us at Fellowship today, whether uh, in person uh, here in Auditorium 1, over in Auditorium 2, or online, thank you so much. We do have two auditoriums. People ask us that a lot, especially if they're watching online, thinking about maybe coming and joining us here. There's more and more people that are watching online before they come and join us from all over the globe. And so we have two auditoriums on site. And um, I'm live here in Auditorium 1, and it's on the screen over there in Auditorium 2, and it's also obviously on the screens at home, and the teachers rotate around where we teach from, and there's a worship uh, uh, band who does a phenomenal job over in that auditorium as well. And so no matter where you're joining us from today, we are thrilled uh, that you're here. My name's Jason. Uh, I'm the pastor of Vision and Spiritual Formation, one of the teaching pastors here at Fellowship. Uh, We do not take it for granted that you would spend a uh, rainy Sunday morning with us And so we want to welcome you. We would like to meet you if you're our guest. We want to answer any questions that you might have about uh, Fellowship Greenville. So when this service is over, out in the commons area, 
there is uh, guest services and they would love to chat with you. If you're in Auditorium 2, in the back corner there of Auditorium 2, there's also guest services there. And there's friendly folks who would love to meet you, talk with you, answer any questions that you might have uh, about uh, Fellowship Greenville. And if you're online, we actually have online moderators that will talk with you and point you in the right direction also. So I just wanted to let everybody know where they can go to get the information that they're looking for in regards to Fellowship Greenville. One of the other things I wanted to mention, if you're a guest, is that typically here at Fellowship, you're gonna find us teaching through books of the Bible. That is our preferred way of studying the scripture. And today you're actually catching us in between sermon series. So last week we finished up our summer series which is on the attributes of God. You can listen to all of that online if you're interested in that. Next week, we're gonna start our study through the book of James. And we're really looking forward to this. Um, not only are we starting at uh, September the 18th, it's actually gonna go all the way into uh, the new year. And so uh, we're really excited to study through the book of James together. So if you're a guest with us today, come on back next week as we uh, jump into James. One of the things that I have been asked to do since I came on staff here uh, last year, as the pastor of Vision, is to uh, take a Sunday uh, between our sermon series and revisit our mission, revisit our vision, why we're about what we're about here as a local church in the upstate of South Carolina. And honestly, to give some updates about the wonderful ministry happening in and through the people of Fellowship Greenville. And if you don't know me uh, that well, allow me to tell you something about myself. I absolutely love thinking and processing and talking about the why behind the church, Big C, like the Big C church, like I love it. And how we are called to live with gospel intentionality in our spheres of influence. And I love sharing about the how, like how we here as a local church of the Big C church, uh, what the Lord has called us to here at Fellowship Greenville. One of the reasons, uh, many reasons that I'm thankful to have this opportunity today is because typically uh, when a new school year starts and the summer months come to an end, there's this influx of people getting back into the regular rhythm of week and weekend. And as a result, we see more and more people worshiping and joining us in the many ministries of Fellowship Greenville. But this year is a little different and here's why. There was never a time throughout the summer, and honestly, since last summer, where we were not having an influx of people, new people, a lot of them, every week. And we are so, as a church family, like we're so incredibly thankful for that. Like if you're newer to Fellowship Greenville, maybe this is your first Sunday, or you've been here for three weeks, three months, nine months, we are so, Thankful, and we don't take it for granted, we say it every week, that the Lord would lead you or lead you and your family to be here at Fellowship Greenville with us. The guest cards that are filled out and shared in our worship planning meeting, like it's been so encouraging for us to see who the Lord is bringing here to Fellowship Greenville. Side note, I do think most of California has moved to the upstate of South Carolina. I don't know if y'all know that or not. I guess every week, where are they from? California, 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 California. I know your family probably went out there a long time ago to look for the gold, but we are <laughs> so glad that you've made your way back to the East Coast. We got some good things going around here. Just for perspective, two Sundays ago, so the last Sunday in August, there were over 800 more people here on Sunday than the same Sunday a year ago. Like that is the, uh, yeah, super thankful for that. Thankful for that, yep. 
But that, just for perspective, like that is the equivalent of an additional full auditorium one, which is what we're in today. About 800 people in here. And it's not just that one Sunday, like it's been a pattern over the course of the past year. So one of the things that I wanted to let you know today is that the elders here, and if you're new with us, we're elder-led church, the elders here of fellowship are praying and processing through how do we um, continue to care for and serve and disciple and release for mission those that the Lord is bringing here. So I know a lot of you pray for us as elders. And so I would just say, I'm giving you a specific prayer request for us in the weeks and in the months to come. Like it's an intentional thing for us that we're praying and processing through. But this also seemed like a great Sunday to revisit and be reminded of our call as a church family. And that really is how we talk about it here at Fellowship Greenville. We are a church family. We're a large family. And again, I believe that's because of the intentionality of so many of you that actually call this place home. Like you continue to welcome people, you continue to invite people who are looking for a church home. They may have questions about Jesus and God and all the things. And so you've been so intentional about inviting people as well as obviously the upstate of South Carolina and this area is continuing to rapidly grow. But it's on the guest cards too. Like what we read time after time is someone invited me and I'm so thankful for that. This place was so welcoming when I came in. So I'm super thankful for that. I think, however, there is great value and importance in strategically and regularly reminding ourselves to continue to prioritize the call of scripture that we one another, each other, even as, or maybe especially because we do continue to grow with more and more people joining us. Do you know in the New Testament, there are over 50 one another commands like be at peace with one another, brothers and sisters in Christ, be at peace with one another, or live in harmony with one another, welcome one another, comfort, be kind, forgive one another. I'm not gonna do them all. But all of these one another's are, I believe, essential to us actually being the church family that God has called us to, to be. And I pray what we've been known for. You know, we talk about it all the time, Fellowship Greenville, a community of grace, passionately pursuing life and mission with Jesus. Like that is our, if you're wondering, hey, what's your mission as a local church here in the upstate south of South Carolina? A community of grace, passionately pursuing life and mission with Jesus. And I think one of the reasons, there's many, but one of the reasons that we need the reminder of the call of the church and our role, our collective role in it, is because we do live in a, a very consumeristic culture, right? Like, I don't have to convince anybody of this. 24-7, the world you live in is telling you to evaluate everything by what's in it for you. Like, what do you get out of it? And I think if we're not careful and if we're not intentional, if we're not prayerful, we can bring that line of thinking even into our church family. Again, I'm not speaking to those of you that are guests and are checking us out. We're so thankful for that. I know you're asking some questions and you're trying to pray and listen to the Holy Spirit about whether this church community would be a church community for you, all for that. I'm actually talking this morning to those of you that would say, this is my place. If this is your place, but you still regularly uh, find yourself in a place of uh, constant critique, constant evaluation, what you like, what you don't like, 
uh, what's in it for me attitude, then I think there's a good chance you could be missing out on what it actually means to be a part of the family. The beauty and the value of actually one anothering each other. Think about your own personal family, right? When you were a kid or if you have kids, how often have you uttered this sentence? It's not all about you, right? I've said it, I've had it said to me. <laughs> like, I think we would all acknowledge that. In our personal families, we all pitch in, we all serve. All of that to say, I do think it takes intentionality on our part. Like you as someone who calls Fellowship Greenville home and us in leadership, this is our home obviously as well. I think it takes intentionality on all of our parts for us to continue to think through what it is that the Lord has for us to be about as a local church family. And I wanna make something really clear before I go any further today. Like, I, I love this. Like my prayer this week has been, Lord, I, I get so excited about reminding people what it means to actually be the church. And we'll talk through some specific things for this local congregation today, little state of the church. <clears throat> but I pray that um, my excitement and I pray exhortation to you is actually how you hear it, as opposed to, hey, we need some volunteers to do some stuff, right? Because that, that can be the grid and some of you already maybe saw your chair, oh man, they're gonna ask us to do something around here, right? Like that can be, and again, if you have a family dynamic, you know those in your family who roll their eyes and think that at times, and it's you sometimes, and it's me sometimes, yeah? So I love this conversation actually, and I think it's an important conversation. We don't have it every week, but a couple of times a year, especially, and thankfully, as the Lord continues to bring people, you stepping into this, go well, here, I'll let you know a little bit about Fellowship Greenville. If you have your Bibles, I would love for you to open them up to First Peter, First Peter. I'll give you a little bit of a background as you turn there. Peter had obviously, some of you know this, some of you might not, he had walked with Jesus back in the day. And so he writes this letter just before or just after Nero began persecuting Christ followers. And what he wanted to do is he wanted to encourage those Christ followers to continue to make much of Jesus in the midst of suffering and in the midst of difficulty and in the midst of impending persecution they as followers of Jesus, that they would be known as a group that made much of the grace of God, a community of grace, if you will, even back in the day, right? And Peter so well, I mean, so brilliantly led by the Holy Spirit, he ties together biblical doctrine and practical, tangible life application from walking through suffering to where our uh, to, to where to place our hope in the midst of difficulty, to the beauty. He talks about the beauty of the church in the midst of society. There's so much here. And if you're interested, I told you we teach through books of the Bible typically. If you're interested, back in 2019, we taught through First and Second Peter. It's online. You can go and listen to it in its entirety. But today, we're going to be in First Peter chapter four, verses seven through eleven. First Peter four, verses seven through eleven. It says this in verse seven. The end of all things is at hand. So hit pause real quick, I'll quickly say this. That does not necessarily mean that Peter's predicting that Jesus was returning uh, momentarily. What it did mean is that everything that needed to be accomplished for Christ's return had been accomplished so he could return at any time. And thus, this exhortation, which we'll continue to read about, this motivation, this reminder for the church to be the church 
until Christ returns for us. Hey church, you've been left here for a reason. You've been left here for a purpose. You be the church, live with intentionality where God has placed you. And that call for all of us to live our day-to-day life with eternity in mind, that the return of Jesus was their hope. Fast forward, September of 2022. Hey church, the return of Jesus is our hope. So this is what it says, back to verse seven. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Verse nine says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I love this exhortation from Peter to these Christ followers. Again, and I'm gonna keep coming back to it, even though I've already been there. Remember the context, it matters. They were living in the midst of difficulty, marginalization for being Christ followers. They were being pushed to the side. Suffering was happening more and more. Persecution either started or was right around the corner. And in the middle of all of that, Peter brings out the one another's. But before he gets into the one another's, he interestingly and on purpose reminds them to what? Pray. In light of the fact that Christ could return at any moment, pray. I mean, we just spent the entire morning, hopefully you see the tie in here, singing about what? Heaven. We've been reading through Revelation. It ties in together really nicely, doesn't it? But this is the reminder. It is part of what we do when we come together on a regular basis here at Fellowship Greenville. If you're newer with us, it's what we like to do. We like to remind one another of our hope. We love to make much of Jesus. And then we like to encourage one another, spur one another on to be intentional where God in his kindness, grace, and sovereignty has placed us. But Peter begins with pray. Be attuned through your prayers, through your communion with God. For that is a central piece of being reminded of where your true hope is found. The reality of Jesus Christ, who you are in Jesus Christ. And that those prayers, the verbs used of self-controlled and sober-minded, or as the NLT says, earnest and disciplined in your prayers. You could talk about that from the point of view of being steady, being clear in your mind, like it could be translated, preserve your sanity. And central to preserving your sanity is to live in light of what is important and what's not important. That is such a central piece of bringing our request before the Lord, of worshiping the Lord through prayer, of being reminded, yes, of who he is and who we are in light of him as opposed to living and responding to every whim and theory, right? Every speculation that's out there. And at the same time, on the flip side of that, not just running down all the rabbit holes, but also not being indifferent towards everything because everything seems pretty broken and messed up. You see, living 
your day-to-day life with eternity in mind actually does allow us to walk through this life with all things in its proper place. Living in light of God's mission in the world, our place in that mission, the reality of our purpose, being reminded of our hope, it actually allows us to walk through life and not be whisked away towards things that honestly aren't important or simply indifferent because of the brokenness of it all. Question, would that have been an encouragement, like an encouraging reminder to this early church that is facing difficulty and marginalization and growing suffering? Answer, yes. What about us? Sure. Why is that? Because it's not new. Like that's one of the things that I love about studying the scriptures. I love looking at the early church and seeing what Peter, who walked with Jesus back in the day, is saying to the early church, right? Be focused in your prayers. Jesus will come back at any minute. (laughs) We are just as likely, if not more likely, to find ourselves being tempted to follow every whim and theory and speculation that's out there and equally indifferent because it all seems hopeless in this world. I don't know, like that's a conversation between you and the Holy Spirit, conversation maybe between you and those that you do life with that are closest to you, because I don't know all of you. You might be tempted to go, Jason, that's not me. I'm not chasing after every whim and fantasy and out there and just kind of whatever. Okay, here's the cool thing about your phone. You can turn this little thing on that'll tell you at the end of the week how much time you actually spent scrolling through all the stuff. Isn't that amazing? Like it'll let you know if you're interested uh, where you're headed, where you've been, how much time you've been thinking about all the things that some maybe would say are a little whimmy, (laughs) right? And all the theories. Or just mindlessly, I just turn my brain off because it is so broken. I don't want to think about how difficult it all is. What does it look like for us to continue to be a people here, Fellowship Greenville, who are praying with eternity in mind? May it be today. And if it's not today, verse eight, above all, Keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. So pray with eternity in mind and love each other earnestly or deeply. In Greek, that would have the idea of like straining or stretching like an athlete who is straining to win a race. As opposed to, you know, love in our culture, and I think Jim talked about this a few weeks ago when we were going through the Attribute series, you know, love in our culture so many times is some emotional feeling that comes and goes depending on the day, depending on my circumstances, depending on whether I like you or not in this moment. And again, don't forget, Peter had walked with Jesus, right? So um, Peter was in the room when Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. That's how you're to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you actually have love for one another. 
I mean, this is, a, this is the example that Peter had, not just Jesus saying it, he had lived it with Jesus, right? Like what a thing to be able to say. Towards the end, gather together the disciples. Jesus could have said a lot of things. What do we have recorded that he said? Love each other. Oh, love each other like I've loved you. Like there's something there to that. That's not, well, of course, because you're Jesus. Of course you loved me like that. No, as I've like, every one of those guys would have thought through practical, tangible ways that Jesus for years had shown his love to them and more to come, especially for a guy like Peter. It's not fickle. It's not based on emotion of the moment or the day or the difficulty or the circumstances. Peter's writing those suffering, love each other. He's writing to those marginalized, love each other. Pray for my return, pray for Jesus' return, love each other. And then he uses this phrase, which obviously comes from Proverbs. He says, love covers a multitude of sins. And that's a statement of repeated forgiveness and repeated forgiveness. And repeated forgiveness comes when we live in light of our future hope, our eternity. Proverbs 10, 12 says, hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all offenses. Who's that applied to? Us, us who? Us that are followers of Jesus. Who does that apply to? Any and all of you that would say, uh, this local community is your community your brothers and sisters, that we love one another as Christ has loved us. Well, that's not some theoretical, theological thing that I just assent to. Has Jesus Christ shown his love for me? Yeah. The application of that into the everydayness of life is imperative if the church shall be the church in the places that God in his sovereignty has placed them. That's like a practical, tangible outworking even to this exhortation to love. Look at verse nine. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Okay, here we go. So he exhorts them to pray, pray with eternity in mind, love each other well. And then I'm gonna talk to you practically about how y'all can love each other. Be hospitable. Again, Peter coming at this from a Christ could return at any moment mindset. He doesn't tell everybody just to hang on. He doesn't tell everybody to hunker down. He doesn't go, listen, it's gonna get a lot worse. It's gonna get a lot, lot worse. So just stay home, never leave. Don't let anybody in. Shoot them if they're on your lawn. Like he, <laughs> yeah. what does he say? The opposite of that, open up your homes. <laughs> oh, Jason. Oh, that doesn't apply to us. Okay, cool. Uh, it does. And it does, I think, in an array of ways. Like we can all acknowledge this, right? Like for the early church, this was of utmost importance. Like the early church does not gather without people who are willing to open up their homes. Like without the idea of hospitality, the early church isn't coming together. And they already had so many challenges. Like what we sit in today and the like, like that wasn't the reality of the early church. The church was in the home of believers who opened up their home for the church 
And you can study through the scriptures and you can see it. The church met, the church met in the homes of Aquila and Priscilla and Philemon, others. And there is this exhortation to be hospitable. And I love that, I love that he put it in there. It's like he knew who he was writing, right? What does he put in there? <clears throat> without grumbling and without complaining, open up your home. You can flip that around for those of you who go, Jason, don't be talking so negatively today. Let's put the positive side on it. Uh, cheerfully be hospitable. Like I'm so thankful for this place. Like I'm in a community group and my wife and I and others in our community group, we open up our homes. Today after this service is over, we're going over, our community group gets together. We're gonna have a meal together today. It's gonna be fantastic. Uh, a few weeks ago when we met, all the adults got together and then all the kiddos with uh, someone like my daughter's old enough, like they watched all of the kiddos in my home. Like 15 of them. Now, again, I keep telling y'all a little bit more about myself. Like I have some OCD tendencies and uh, opening up my house and throwing 15 kids in there under the age of whatever is not from like, <laughs> but I couldn't get around it because I, as I was reading through this, I couldn't find be hospitable except for you, Jason. I looked, it's not there, not even in the message. Like it's in no <laughs> translation. But I would love for us to think about even this space that the Lord has been so kind and gracious for us to be a, like this space right here. Like, do you, if this is your church, again, guests, thanks for listening in today. If this is your church family, like do you observe and see this as a space where you with intentionality, each and every one of you have a way in which you could be hospitable? This is where we gather when we come together and we worship together and preach the word and our kids are loved on and students are taught about Jesus and there's counseling stuff going on right now. And, but this is an us thing. This is our place to come together and be hospitable. And yes, your homes too, 100%. I'm all for that. I think that is definitely application. But I'd love for us, especially in the Western Christian, and I've been around the globe and I've sat in people's homes with dozens of people and so this is unbelievable to me. And so I'm not saying everybody has to go do that for, for the church to be gathered only in those spaces. Our local church gathers here and in a lot of other spaces, but when we come to this space, if this is your place, do you see this as an opportunity to be hospitable Like today in the pouring down rain, like almost every parking spot's full up there. An opportunity for us as followers of Jesus who call Fellowship Greenville home to be hospitable in this place. He says this in verse 10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as uh, one speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one serves by the strength that God supplies. So there it is again, right? Be prayerful, in doing so be reminded that Christ is returning and while we await his return, hey church, love each other, be hospitable without grumbling and complaining about it, right? Get together because you need each other. It's not all about you. 
And as a matter of fact, I want you to serve one another. And I've got really great news. You've been gifted by the spirit of God to actually serve one another. That's practically what it means to love each other. You serve each other with the gifts that you've been given. And I love the language here of being a good steward. Serve one another with your giftedness because you are stewarding. Get a load of this. You're stewarding God's grace to you when you use the gifts that he's given you to equip and build up the church. And his grace is shown to his church as we live and live out the realities of those gifts. And, and Peter breaks it up here, speaking giftedness and serving giftedness. And there's other places in the Bible where you can read up on spiritual gifts given to equip and build up the body of Christ. But the beauty here to me is it's God's grace. It is his kindness to us in gifting us. And then he strengthens us to serve in the gifts that he's given us. What a fantastic deal. Some of you go, Jason, I have no idea what my giftedness is. Great, we'd love to walk with you and help you discover that. Jason, I know what my gift is, but I'm not exactly sure where I could plug that in. Great, we'd love to have that conversation with you. Again, it's one of the reasons we're talking about this today. The importance of one anothering each other is because in God's kindness, he's continuing to grow us and we wanna steward that well. And that's not simply, here's what I'm wanting to articulate. That's not simply a stewardship issue for the leadership of fellowship. It is, it includes us. I told you the elders are praying about things and processing through things and we wanna steward well. But if this is your church, then this is an us thing that we collectively steward well. Living, uh, praying expectantly for Christ's return and in doing so, while he still has us here, because you've given us another day, Lord, I'm gonna assume that's because you're still calling a people to yourself because you love your creation and you wanna redeem. You've given us as a church another day to love one another, be hospitable towards one another, serve one another with the gifts that in your kindness and grace that you've given to us. So we do things here at Fellowship Greenville I say all that to say this, we do things here at Fellowship Greenville that have, their, it's a philosophy of ministry, it's a, uh, some strategies for ministry. There's a methodology behind what we do. Most churches have something like that. My prayer this morning has been, I didn't wanna just talk about what we do around here. I wanted you to see that it's actually rooted in scripture. There's theological conviction that informs philosophical and methodological things that we do. So the theological conviction that says, whatever God is going to do in redeeming people to himself, he desires to do through all of Christ's people, the church. Whatever God's gonna do in redeeming people to himself, he desires to do through all of Christ's people. Well, there's not many of you, I don't think. I don't know if there's anybody in here who go, I totally disagree. It's just a few select ones of you that are supposed to be about that. You wouldn't say that. You would go, yeah, scripture teaches that. Okay, well, if that's a theological conviction that scripture teaches, then that has ramifications for us and actually how we go about ministry. Does that make sense? Like, here to be another one. Whatever God's gonna do through all of Christ's people, he will do through a church leadership that prioritizes equipping Christ's people. So you can't say, I believe it's about all Christ's people and then build a ministry on the shoulders of one or two people. This is my issue. I've got a couple, but this is my issue with the 
perceived spiritual superstardom of Western Christianity at times. It's all built on the personality of a guy. Well, that was never God's intention. And honestly, I'll be honest with you, I haven't met a lot of guys who are doing the pastoral thing that have said, I would like for actually it to be all about me. I haven't met a lot of them, they may be out there. I haven't had that conversation. But I will say in our culture, in our day and age, it's imperative then to actually push back on that. He's gonna do it through a, a leadership that goes, nope, it's all of us. Therefore, we wanna equip you. Or maybe I can say it this way, God never intended that 20 or 30% of his people serve the other 70 to 80% of his people. That was never his intent. All of Christ's people, all called to love, exhorted to be hospitable, to encourage one another with the gifts that God's given to them, the building up of the saints, living missionally in the places that God's put us. Listen, there is not one person here today listening to this that if you are in relationship with the God of the universe through Jesus Christ is still waiting on God to decide whether or not you should actually love other people. Like God's not waiting to, I don't know about this one. Hey, Gabriel, see this one? I don't know if he, I don't know about that one. That's not how it works. This is my point of hospitality. Like that's a, hey, be hospitable. What does that look like? It looks like different things. Be hospitable. Serve one another. What does that look like? It looks like different things because we have different gifts, but the call is to serve. If you have a relationship with the God of the universe through Jesus Christ, I wanna let all of you in here know, God is not waiting to gift you. It doesn't happen three weeks later. It doesn't happen five years later. When you come to know the God of the universe through Jesus Christ, and you are in relationship with him, you have been gifted. Is there growing in that? Sure. Is there maturing in that? Absolutely. You're his kid, you're his son, you're his daughter. He does not have doubts about you. because you are in him. So I'm gonna do this really quick. With all that as the background, a little philosophical, methodological, I hope you understand what we're attempting to invite people to be a part of here at Fellowship Greenville. There are some things, some ministries that we have in place, but it's not because we need to do all the ministries. We say no to a lot of things because we've said yes to a handful of things that we feel like the Lord's called us to. I'm sporting the t-shirt for one today. It's called Regeneration. This is an eight month discipleship journey. It equips you to grow in your walk with Jesus. You do that alongside other people. It's about working on the heart issues that keep some of you from experiencing intimacy with Jesus, intimacy with Jesus and walking in freedom. And it's for anyone who's a new believer, a mature believer, someone who's not even sure what you think about Jesus. If you sit here today and go, Jason, I just feel a little broken. I feel a little stuck. You may sit here today and say, I feel deeply satisfied and content in my walk with Christ. It doesn't matter. Something like Regen, which is a discipleship equipping ministry, we call ourselves an equipping church. It is for you. 
And those of you that have been a part of it and you've experienced it, the call upon you is if you've walked through it is then help other people walk through it because that's the deal. That could be a way that you use your giftedness. It's a way you could show hospitality, gathering together with some other people who are gonna walk through an eight week, uh, eight month discipleship process like that or re-engage, which is a lot of you have been through, but it's for anybody who wants to see the Lord move in their marriage. It's not just for people who are getting ready to get divorced, although that may be the reason you're coming in. It may not be because it's, so, it's really broken right now. We can't X, Y, or Z. Sure, it may be the reason you come in, but if you step in to re-engage, you know what you'll find? You'll find a group of people who want to disciple you through offering you Jesus, and Jesus changes everything, including your marriage. That's what it is. Do you know that we have person after person who's coming to Fellowship Greenville right now for premarital counseling? 36 couples, premarital counseling. And we have marriage mentors that are stepping into that, that have thought through, you know what? Our marriage isn't perfect, but the Lord has given us a marriage and we've learned some things about the beauty and the hope of the gospel in the midst of our marriage. And we're gonna invest that in this young man and this young woman as they get ready to get married. How great is that? And, and you're, if you go, oh, I think I might like to do that. That'd be awesome. We could use you in that way. It could be a piece of you using your giftedness to serve this body of being hospitable. Is there anything more hospitable than sitting down with a young couple that's getting ready to get married and having the gospel at the center of it? And if you're not on your own, like we train you and equip you. It's not like, here's Jimmy and Sarah, say whatever you wanna say. Like, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be great. <clears throat> like there's stuff, like we have things in place. Men's ministry, women's ministry, co-ed. Like we got men's studies, women's studies, co-ed studies. Like we don't have a gazillion. We have a handful, strategic, people that we know. The Stephen Boyces and the Clayton Allens and the Davy Halls of the world that are stepping in and using their giftedness. They're not on staff here. They don't get paid anything. They're equipping people. Sharon and Mary Beth, who lead our women's ministries. You know, we have close to 500, five, I'm standing up, 500 women that are a part of our women's studies. Should have told them, my bad. You never know, you never know. This is gonna hurt my back soon though, so. Um, 500. Did you know our women's ministry just put together a team of women to teach the Bible to the women that are in our women's ministry? Instead of just always doing the video thing? Like I'm not anti-video, but one of the questions I asked when I got here is do we have women here that can teach the Bible to the women here? Can we equip them in that? Why? Theological conviction that impacts what? Philosophical and strategic decisions. Some of you may go, Jason, things are really tough for me right now. I don't even know how I could step into something, okay? We have a ministry called Stephen Ministry and our Stephen ministers, they wanna come alongside you in the midst of the tough times that you're walking through and care for you. Men with men, women with women, and they're trained, they're, they're equipped for one-on-one -on -one care. If you're walking through grief, marital problems, job loss, chronic illness, loneliness, like there's so many different stresses of life. They have been equipped because we're an equipping church and we don't do a gazillion things, but we're gonna do this thing and they'll come alongside. And some of you have experienced that, or some of you would go, I didn't even know something like that existed here at Fellowship Greenville. It does. And if that's your calling and you would walk with someone, then great, little plug. In October, 
Regent starts in October and Stephen Ministry is gonna have a table in October out in the commons area. And you can find more information about this. All of this is on our website. You know, I've talked about it because I'm a part of it. Like the community groups, like people continue to step into community groups here because community groups aren't all about you. And we say that all the time. They're for you, but they're not all about you because it's in the context of community group, a smaller community, because we're always trying to think, how do we grow smaller as we continue to grow larger where we can be known and know other people, people that'll walk with you, encourage you through the difficulties of life, serve one another, find authentic community and relationship for sure. And most importantly, live on mission together in the places that the Lord's put you. Like we feel like the Lord's put us in the upstate for a reason. That's the reason we launched the Upstate Church Collective back in January. Segway, I'll talk about it more in a couple of weeks, but like the Upstate Church Collective, it is it's three tracks, but the very first track, track one is for all of you. It's anybody here that calls Fellowship Greenville home, and we have other partner churches that are part of it, that say, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I wanna be equipped to make disciples because no one's ever really walked me through that before. Okay, great. We have something for you because we're that intentional about it. We wanna do it. I think one of our cultural things here that I love is that we, we say this a lot, serve with no expectation of return. And I'm here to tell you, there are so many people serving around here. Matt already said it this morning, right? They're doing so many different things. You pulled in today and they were in the parking lot and they welcomed your kids over there and they held doors and you grabbed coffee and you know music, worship. Like I pulled in, I was here early this morning and I looked out my window of my office at 7.30 this morning and it was a monsoon outside and car after car after car after car pulled in here. Why? that we would be reminded in our gathered time that Jesus, please come back any moment. In the meantime, we're gonna love one another. I'm here early to be hospitable because this is my place and I'm gonna serve other people. So all those ministries I just listed, partake in them and then do them with us because the Lord continues to bring us people to disciple and equip. And there's others, right? There's student ministry. Just last weekend, epic retreat, close to 500 high schoolers, middle schoolers, and leaders, 500 down in Cleveland, Georgia. What do we do with that? We step into that. I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. I keep saying like numbers and stuff. It's not about numbers. Hey, hey, numbers are people. Like my daughters were a part of that retreat. My daughters aren't a number to me. My daughters are my daughters and there are men and women in this place that are investing in my daughters and coming alongside my wife and I as we pray and desire to disciple them. That's what this is. Fellowship kids, like I went really long during the first service. I'm gonna go a little bit over here too. So like I went into fellowship kids to like say, so sorry about that. But at the same time, I was letting everybody know about fellowship kids. It's booming. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of little ones. Did you know that we have close to 300 volunteers in that ministry on a monthly basis? Some serve every week, some serve every other week, some serve once a month, 300. And they go, well, that seems like a lot. Yeah, but get a load of this. They still need 96 more. Not every week. They need 96 people who say, I'll rock a baby. I'll tell kids about Jesus. Jason, do you think we can get 96? Well, here you go. I did, I've been, been doing some math. Um, Actually, Eddie Holman's been doing a lot of math along with Tiffany and giving me the numbers. I haven't done the math. I'm thankful for them. 
We have about 1,100 parents here, moms and dads, who use that ministry on a regular basis. 1,100. So yeah, I think 96 is doable. Jason, why? Because I found out this summer that there were a handful, it doesn't happen every week. It happened earlier today though, during the first service, that we have to turn people away. And it's not because we don't have the rooms. We don't have anybody to go into the room. Now that's not like a guilt thing. There's so much crazy good ministry going on and there's so many people that are actually doing it. I've just made it a matter of prayer and I want you to join me. I've made it a matter of prayer. Lord, may we never turn people away from having their kids loved on and pointed to Jesus because we didn't have anybody to be in a room for an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and 25 if Jason's teaching today, right? But you get, you get, you get my point there. Like I think there's a, like that is a, every, every Fellowship Kids volunteer is being hospitable in that regard. There's no guilt thing around here. Like you gotta do this. Nope. As the church, love one another, be hospitable towards one another. This is our place, if this is your place and serve one another with the gifts that you've been given. So that's my encouragement to you. I'll ask Matt to come. My prayer is that we would make the expectation of serving, if this is your church home, a part of our culture. Why? Because it's rooted in our theological conviction that whatever God is gonna do in redeeming people to himself, he'll do through all of Christ's people. And he'll do it through a church leadership who sees equipping people as their number one priority. And that is our call. I hope you know that. I've said it repeatedly since I've been here. It was said before I got here. We're gonna keep saying it. Our call is to equip you for the work of the ministry, both how we love and care for one another and in this place that God has put us, the upstate of South Carolina and beyond. Why should the expectation of serving be a part of our culture? Because the call upon our lives is not different from the early church. Pray earnestly and expectantly for Christ's return. And as you do, love each other, be hospitable without grumbling and complaining and use your gifts to serve others. Why? Look back at verse 11. Peter says, Peter gives you the why. In order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The church being the church. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? In our closing prayer this morning, I actually wanna give just a moment for you to hear from the Spirit of God as opposed to me praying something over you. And an invitation really just to kind of walk through those words and statements. Father God, am I prayerfully expectant of your return? In my communion with you, is it one of great expectation 
one of being reminded of my hope. My true reality. An honest evaluation maybe before the Lord of the world's call and temptation to either run down the path of the whimsical things, the truly not important things, or the flip side of that, just total disengagement because of the brokenness of it all. an invitation and an evaluation of loving the people of Fellowship Greenville if this is your place. Not when it's convenient, not every now and then, not from a distance, but truly stepping in and linking arms with an acknowledgement, I'll say this over you today. I know some of you come from a place where you've been hurt and you've been wounded as you've stepped in to attempt to, to love and serve the church. I wanna acknowledge that. And at the same time, invite you in. To be hospitable, is that a word that would be used to describe you or you and your family as you do life and ministry around Fellowship Greenville? that you're a hospitable, that you see this as a place to be hospitable without complaining or grumbling. <laughs> and lastly, a place where you're using your gifts, serving the body. Father God, we're so thankful for the early church the writings that we can study, look at, be reminded of. These same exhortations, they've been around from the beginning because humans are humans. distracted, taken up with things that don't actually matter in light of eternity, unloving at times, self-focused and unhospitable, not a desire to serve. I'm just so thankful that we have the opportunity as a church family to process through in this season what it is that you have for us, what's next for us, that in your kindness and grace, you continue to bring people to be a part of this family. May we continue to be a community of grace, passionately pursuing life and mission with you. We await 
your return for us. May you find us loving one another, being joyfully hospitable and using our gifts that are a result of your grace to serve and build up our brothers and sisters. In Jesus' sweet name we pray, amen. Well, that's the close for today. There's not a song at the end because we sang a little, uh, we sang a little more on the front end. And uh, I always like to point this out. You'll see a few people that are getting up and they're heading for the doors. That's actually because they serve here, which I'm incredibly thankful for. Some of you have thought all along, these people are just trying to beat the traffic but they're serving and so they're going to their spots. Like that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about, which I'm so thankful for. If you're here today and you go, okay, I'm interested in taking a next step. You can stop by next steps out in the commons. There'll be some people there. Don't be discouraged if there's a little bit of a line. You can also go online and get anything and everything answered that you would like to. We'll get you in touch with the right people to continue to plug in and serve here at Fellowship Greenville. And if you're new with us today and you feel like you just drank from a fire hydrant about all things DNA of Fellowship Greenville, I just wanna acknowledge that. And I just wanna say next Sunday, we actually have something for you that's called Starting Point. It's just 60 minutes. You can sign up online or out at Next Steps for that as well. And uh, some of our other staff team would like to talk to you about what it looks like to get plugged in here at Fellowship Greenville if this is your place. But we love you and we're for you. And next Sunday morning, we kick off studying through the book of James. Have a blessed week. Live with intentionality. intentionality. Love one another. See you, bye.